It's Ten Times the Terror. Hello and welcome to Ten Times the Terror. I'm not okay. Hello and welcome to Ten Times the Terror. I'm James. And this is Paul. And on today's episode, Dad, if you're walking outside and you look up at the sky and there's a cloud that isn't moving, well, you might want to go ahead and say nope. Because today we're talking about Jordan Peele's latest, Nope, which was released on July 22nd in theaters. Um, and it's still playing in theaters, but I believe it's also available um, to rent um, on direct. So if you, on digital, sorry. So if you can watch it that way, you have that option. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's the third film written and directed by Jordan Peele. It stars Kiki Palmer, Daniel Kaluuya, Stephen Yen, Brandon Perea. And um, I guess we'll give our kind of initial thoughts, but also I think to really discuss this movie, we're going to have to go full spoilers. So if you've not seen Nope, you can pause this episode, come back to it after you've seen it. Um, yeah, we're going to really kind of get into it and what the movie's saying, what's, what's going on here. But uh, yeah, Dad, I'll start with you. What did you think of Nope? Uh, I was very impressed. I mean, to me, it's a film about exploitation, exploitation of animals, of people, of uh, social settings. Uh, all of that came across very, very strongly coming from an African-American director, especially. So I, I, I see it with that whole theme of exploitation and then the, you know, the negative impacts of what that represents. And the, uh, the spaceship, which is not just a, we said, not just a means of transportation, but is, is the alien life force itself. Is like something that's coming to take its vengeance on the exploitation that's going on on planet Earth. That'd be my my take on it. I thought it was very effective. And then quotes from everything from King Kong uh, to Val Luton. I think you, you James, you mentioned even Jaws, uh, which it just add to the the resonance and the richness of the whole film. So yeah, I think it, it, it's a film that says, "How do we live our lives?" Uh, what things do we take for granted? What about exploitation? When you start to think about the West itself as an example of exploitation of all the land that was taken from uh, indigenous peoples, you know, the so-called American Indians. So I, I, I think a lot of that was going on there and uh, it, it very, very much food for thought. Yeah, I, I, I love this movie. I think this is absolutely great. And I agree that it's about exploitation. I think it's it's very much a spectacle i mean it's a it's a summer blockbuster that with a july release date it's shot with imax cameras in fact i just read that this is the first horror movie ever shot with imax cameras which i think is really cool but yeah i think it's a spectacle about spectacle i mean i think ufo movies by their very nature are about people looking up at the sky and and being sort of drawn to this this quite literally unidentified flying object and and this movie is that and it really gets into the idea of how we how we benefit from spectacle, what we, as you say, exploit from spectacle, and kind of um, the sort of negative side effects of of our of our obsession with with trying to capture things and profit off things, both in good and bad ways, and and the way all of the characters sort of like are are exposed to this this um, UFO and also yeah how it impacts them is really cool, and I agree that there's lots of um, lots of film references. I mean, Jordan Peele is clearly a big movie aficionado clearly yeah i think i think war of the worlds and 
um, Close Encounters. You mentioned King Kong. I think M. Night Shyamalan Science is also uh, an influence. But for me, the one that came across the most is Jaws. I mean, I think there is a clear Spielbergian kind of uh, flair to this whole movie. But I think the way the camera sort of goes across the whole sky and we see this, this um, as you said, this alien kind of moving in and out of clouds totally reminded me of Jaws with seeing the fin in the water. We even get the moment early on in the film where we see what we assume to be these kind of alien Martians that very clearly we find out is actually kids dressing up. That to me was also just a nod to Jaws with the kids with the, pretending to be the, the shark. Um, but I, I, that's kind of what I love about Jordan Peele and his kind of approach to genre filmmaking is he's taking all these kind of familiar ideas and and makes this very kind of weaves together this very complex and intricate story that is so kind of fun to unpack with how he how he sets things up, how he shows things, how he kind of misdirects. And yeah, I mean, every time I watch this movie, I get so much more out of it. And kind of I like that he doesn't kind of hold your hand through the story. He gives you a lot of disparate elements that at first you're kind of like, what does that really mean? Like we ha- we can go into like the whole the whole sequence with like the Gordy's home and what that means and how it all kind of ties together. I think it makes for a really fun and compelling watch. Yeah. It's, uh, uh the, the whole nature of the West, I think here symbolically represents this, the exploitation that, you know, who are the people who, who live here? The people who are presently there are not the people who originally came there. And, you know, the idea of, of having a, a, an African-American cowboy kind of merges those two realities, the one being the obvious, uh, you know, the exploitation, but the other being the, um, uh, the, the secondary owners of the, of the scene. Um, the, the, new, the new tenants, if you will, uh, the, those who have come to replace the original owners of the land. Uh, so again, and exploitation to me just runs throughout the entire film, again and again and again and again, and uh, that exploitation sows the seeds of its own destruction too. That gets you see that from the very beginning with the, uh, the chimpanzee, and that whole thing where he gets the noises set him off, which is a direct quote from King Kong, but uh, also that idea that um, the chimpanzee is not some a nice little pet, but is a quite frankly a dangerous animal, and uh, there's not a proper sense of how much danger is involved in this whole way of living. And then you know the whole way the town focuses on the the prairie and the prairie back on the town. Uh, it, it just it just ruminates again and again on how these forces of exploitation and control and um, uh, dynamism take over and, and become pers- pervasive and you're left with you're left with uh, uh, the hollow substance of what's been uh, what, what remains from the from the uh, kind of the colonial exploitation this is now the land that's been claimed by the people who uh, did not work it for, for centuries it's been claimed by the newcomers the uh, the exploiters, um, that, that I think it's just, it comes out again and again and again, but it doesn't become redundant. I mean, he, he kind of factors that in in different ways. Um, 
starting with the 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 uh, Asian American guy who witnesses the attack of the of the monkeys at the beginning, and then at the uh, later on when he's an adult, he's doing the same kind of stuff over again uh, with people. He hasn't learned the lesson. Uh, all of that is is just uh, very very provocative, and I think very insightful. Well, I think too, like the way you're talking about the the sort of exploitation. I think you also can't separate the 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 sort of the way this movie's kind of critiquing Hollywood and Hollywood's forgotten history. Because obviously, we have you know O.J. and Emerald are, are the two main characters who are part of this Holly, um, Haywood Hollywood ranch. And the whole idea is they keep and and they're you know they're trainers of horses and they're also selling horses to be used for for Hollywood. But they 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 keep referencing over and over that like you know the first motion picture ever is this black jockey on a horse and how everyone remembers the guy who shot the, the film which is a white person but nobody remembers the name of the jockey kind of like that to me is so so blatantly clear an example of how how hollywood chooses to yeah exploit the sort of maybe the the minorities if you will but don't actually give the credit and and even even you know when they when the, later on the film they have like the cinematographer come to help them well he of course then dies trying to get the impossible shot quote unquote then we have like the tmz character who's trying to also profit off this and and dies while he's trying to get his camera and then yeah you mentioned the character jupe who's who's yeah this child star who witnessed this horrific uh incident where where they're filming with this live chimpanzee and a balloon goes off which sets the chimpanzee off and and kills and mauls several of the cast members and he's as a kid witnesses this horrific event but yeah, as you said, he kind of is taking the wrong lesson from it because he thinks that, well, the chimpanzee didn't kill him, so maybe he has this like connection. But no, it's just it's a wild animal, and wild animals don't always act the way you expect them to. But he's trying to he's trying to, you know, control and lure the alien. Well, then that kind of backfires, and then all these people die. Which that to me leads to one of the most horrific moments in the whole film, where we see all the people being sucked up into the alien and. We're not entirely sure what we're looking at, but they're in this clearly claustrophobic, you know, environment inside the creature, which becomes this almost like digestive track where they're being essentially like churned alive, and the, you just hear the wail of their screaming. And then later on throughout the film, as the as the alien flies around the sky, you can hear the sound effects of the screams. And then, as we learn later on, as it sort of is like extracting the waste, you they have little objects in the sky falling out of the sky which also leads to one of my favorite images of the film which is the whole like blood ring down the house that to me is such an awesome image but again going back to like the critique of hollywood i think it's also kind of celebrating some of the unsung heroes of hollywood so i mean we have oj in this movie who's again both a a cast or sort of a stunt crew member and a black guy and by the end of the movie he sort of becomes that john wayne clint eastwood cowboy who is the one kind of like riding the horse and and even by the very end you know you have that kind of ennio morricone-esque music playing like that to me is an example of how how the stunt people are in many ways the actual heroes of the movies and what i like too is you know you mentioned earlier dad how how the movie kind of deals a lot with animals i see that as a as a recurring thread in all of jordan peele's films where the animals are are in, in a way sort of like the harbingers of death i mean you had the deer and get out you had the rabbits and us and so this film you have the chimpanzee but you also have the horses the horses play a very vital role and you can look at the the alien as a sort of animal and sort of a, has this animalistic behavior and 
And OJ makes the point of like, you know, you can't tame a predator, but you can come to an agreement with it. And 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 they figure out, you know, that at a certain points, like the way to kind of not get sucked up by the alien is to not look directly at it, which he sort of learned from from the horses early on, where it's like don't look directly at it, and that's when they kind of act out of control. So you you think that you think that you're in control and you're taming the animal, but but you're not actually in control. Yeah, and I think that's uh, uh, you're, and you're invading the alien territory. Uh, I just see an awful lot of King Kong in this. Uh, you know, they, it, it's it's Carl Denham and his group that they make their way to Skull Island. They're they're invading a a forbidden area, an unknown area, and then they want to bring Kong back to New York or do the reverse, and the whole thing ends in catastrophe. Uh, I I think that's that picks up on so much stuff. And, you know, King Kong is a metaphor for everything from uh, uh, racial depictions to uh, the Great Depression. Uh, it, it fits up on all, all of those all those fronts. And I think that's that carries over here into uh, into Nope. And not only that, but in King Kong, when they bring him back to New York, the same idea is that they want to make a spectacle out of him. They want it to be this big attraction that people come to see. So it's it's again it's 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 thinking that you have control. It's yeah, I, I think and even even another similar monster movie would be like Godzilla, where the monster is almost also representative of like of like nature. You're trying to you're trying to control nature, and and you're not. And and once it kind of lets loose, you know, it, it's going to just wreak havoc. Right, right. And and I love too that I I think to me like what I like so much about Jordan Peele is like he's such a true like image maker. I mean, I, I think of how the way this movie begins. We get that kind of scene from the Gordy's home instant, but we don't have any context. We we see the shoe standing up. We see what looks like a body kind of hidden away by the couch. And we see this monkey wearing a birthday hat and covered in blood. And it's such mm. a it's such a provocative image that kind of really gets your attention. And again, it's not so kind of later on that we sort of understand what goes on. But I just think about like yeah, moments like that and like I mentioned, like the the blood raining down the house. Like there's just such great kind of image making. And, and and I think even going a step further with this idea of spectacle, I think about how we as audiences watch horror movies and also movies in general, but specifically horror movies. Like we're often sometimes seeing images we know we shouldn't be seeing, but we can't look away. And there there becomes this kind of you know this kind of voyeuristic relationship mm-hmm. between audience and and movies. And and I think about you know someone like Hitchcock. I think really tapped into that idea of voyeurism sure Um, but i think yeah the idea of spectacles like you know and again you can obviously apply this to so much of what we see in obviously the news and just our current climate where a lot of times you know we are seeing things we shouldn't be seeing but we can't look away and i love that the way to sort of like defeat if you will this alien is to look away you're supposed to not look directly at it and the ones that do look straight up at are the ones that get killed yeah it's um and, and I think that there's that power of the unseen forces. We never really see what's inside the spaceship. Uh, we have, as you say, you have the image of the people being drawn up into it, but we never really get a sense of what the spaceship internally looks like. But uh, it, that doesn't mean that, that that we are entitled to have that either. You know, it, it's it's a a different life form. Absolutely, and and I love to like obviously. 
the title of this movie, Nope. I think Jordan Peele has sort of like alluded to like this is supposed to be you know people's reaction when when something bad happens. You go, Nope, Nope. And and I, I can't help but not think of even like the Orson Welles you know radio telling of War of the Worlds and how quickly people reacted to it. Whether they're they're packing everything up, they're they're moving out. They're just like, Nope, they're, we're not going to stick around. And only to find out that this is just a, a dramatized uh, reading. But like, I think it's I think Jordan Peele is so smart and, and so in tune to all of this that he's taking all of these elements and creates something that just feels very very unique and, and especially in an era where we get so many so many franchises and so, so many sequels like i think it's so exciting that we have a movie like this that is so original that has the scale it has and also as i mentioned before is not you know overly explaining everything to you it doesn't it doesn't um it doesn't um, take the audience for granted. It, it's it's willing to give you all the elements and let you kind of put things together. Yeah, we're left with a lot of unanswered questions uh, in the nature of the whole thing. Not the least of which is what 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 is the purpose of this uh, spaceship? Uh, why why has it come? Right, and 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 you could also just again apply that back to to wild animals. Like, why do they? Why do they do what well, we, we, we think we can understand animals, but then something sets them off will trigger something that we weren't expecting. And, and we can't always understand that. Right. But there's something primordial about them, you know, that, that that's uh, much more ancient than we are. Exactly. And, and again, very just animalistic. Mm-hmm. I also think, too, we have, as you mentioned, you know, we have this this ranch, which is where which is where OJ and M live, and and that's where this that's where they have all these horses, and it's in this kind of like you know very kind of rural part of California. But then you also have this this attraction, this Jupiter's claim, which is a ranch that's kind of in front of the actual ranch, which could be another sort of critique of how yeah like you're taking the land and you're you're pushing the natives kind of out while you're sort of setting up this this kind of uh, fake you know, attraction version of what the real thing is. And again, it's, you're exploiting the land, exploiting the setting, exploiting the whole nature of the, of, of what the, what the West has become. Yeah. Buffalo Bill's, uh, uh, big ticket, uh, extravaganza. And not only that, but you're literally buying these horses to feed to the alien. <laughs> like, Yeah. Right. How bizarre is that? That's uh, the whole, the whole reason why he wants to buy the horses so he can, essentially sacrifice them to the alien and even little touches like like, yeah during that scene when we see the kind of jupiter's claim attraction at one point jupe makes the comment of like you know in in one hour from now like you're gonna leave this place different or something to that to that regard and that if you if you look at the runtime that's the exact length of the rest of the movie like i I just love those little touches that jordan peele kind of incorporates that like you kind of pick away at when you when you kind of revisit these kind of movies Yeah. Um, okay, well then, yeah, I guess we can kind of uh, we can kind of um, sort of wrap up here. I think we're both pretty high on this movie. Are, are there any closing remarks you have about Nope? I, I think it's just very unsettling that it begins with our not quite seeing the attack of the of the the chimp throws you way off, and I think there are a number of Val Luton touches, long hallways, dark shadows, uh, and even the case where at one point the horse. Yeah, and, and, and out of the solitude makes a makes a you know sound, which is taken right from Valoon's the body snatcher. Exactly. You know, never mind the bus thing from cat people, it's right there in the body snatcher. One of the fun things in this is to look at all of the film references that 
Jordan Peele has in this. Absolutely. And what I like too about him as just a as a as a horror filmmaker, as someone going to scale, he he's very clever and and I think responsible with how he does his scares. Like he doesn't go for cheap schlock. Even the scene with the chimpanzee with Gordy is very like disturbing. I think it's a very disturbing scene. But I I, I love that like so much of what happens is off screen. It's either or like the camera cuts to black and we just hear the sound or we can see again like the the sort of side of the of the body but we don't actually see what happens that to me is just so much more effective than any kind of blood and gore um and like i mentioned the scene with seeing the people being like literally suffocating and being being churned alive in the in the alien is just very smart very um i think impactful kind of like kind of scares versus any kind of like jump scare of any kind yeah yeah no i think um I think that that's all of that plays into a very uh, rich tapestry, if you will, of, of of images and ideas and and indeed threats. Absolutely, and and I think in in my closing remarks, like one thing that I've heard I've heard Jordan Peele say, like in interviews, when kind of like coming up with this idea for the story, is that he he wrote this and conceived this um, during the pandemic, during a time when the future of movies was looking very bleak and very especially especially movie theaters was looking very uncertain and so he wanted to make a spectacle of the kind of movie you do go out and see on the biggest screen and talk about with your friends and and really really kind of pick apart and i think he i think he uh, achieved that i mean i i really love this movie and i'm i'm so happy this movie exists because i feel like it's such a unique film and such a unique filmmaker and especially like i said in a in a summer that for I think for the most part has been pretty underwhelming and, and again, it's very, very, we're seeing so many kind of safe choices with the kind of movies that are getting made. I think this is such a bold, uh, bold swing, both for like the, for the filmmaker as well as for the studio. And so I, I'm glad this movie exists and I definitely recommend seeing it. Well, I agree with that. Okay. Well, I think that concludes our discussion on Nope. Um, hopefully we gave you some food for thought and hopefully um, you have your own kind of thoughts on this film. Um, and that'll be it for this uh, week's episode of 10 Times the Terror. Again, I'm James. And I'm Paul. And we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening to It's 10 Times the Terror. The podcast. One of my favorite films ever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that for again. Thank you for listening to 10 Times the Terror. This podcast would not be possible without listeners like you. You can find out more about our podcast by visiting our website, 10timestheterror.com. That's 10xtheterror.com.